0: On today's show, have you ever thought, if I could just find the right person to hire, I could scale up my business? Well, that's how Virginia feels. She's calling in from Argentina, and she's got a very unique content marketing company. The real challenge is Virginia's niche is very niche. I mean, it is very unique. You're going to hear just how unique uh, her work is and the work she's trying to do. And so she needs teammates or freelancers who can speak fluent English, who can write well, and who also understand this really unique niche. It's a tall order, but Clay and I serve up some solid advice for hiring the best freelancers as you grow your business. If that's something that's going to help you in your business, this episode is for you. It all starts right now on Freelance to Founder. Here we go. I'm Preston. And I'm Clay. And this is Freelance to Founder. Clay and I have both been there, barely making ends meet as a freelancer, knowing there has to be more. But since then, we've each built multiple six or seven figure businesses. And now it's your turn. On this show, we're changing the lives of everyday freelancers just like you. Discovering this podcast a few months ago really like changed the trajectory
1: of my journey.
0: I'm not sure I would even be thinking about pushing this forward
2: as much as I am if it weren't for YouTube.
1: This has been really helpful and I I think a good mindset shift for me.
2: Really, really valuable stuff. I've made a ton of notes and I plan to put this stuff into action immediately.
0: Discovering that I'm a founder instead of a freelancer has been amazing for me. If you're ready to push past hourly rates and build a business that sets you free, then you've got to join us. You can call in yourself by visiting freelance2founder freelance2founder.com. We can't wait to chat with you. We'll be back with today's caller after this. Hey guys, you've got enough tough decisions to make every month as you grow your business. Picking your next great book to read should not be one of them. With Book of the Month, you can forget about the hassle of browsing through endless shelves or scrolling infinitely through an overwhelming amount of book options online. Book of the Month simplifies the process of finding the next great thing to read by offering a carefully selected lineup of five to seven titles to pick from each month. From gripping thrillers to heartwarming romance and everything in between. I'm personally really excited about this new announcement from Book of the Month. Month, curated audiobooks. Since you're listening to podcasts, I assume that you like audiobooks and you're like me, you're more of a downloader than a page turner and this is your moment. I'm right here with you. I've picked out my selections for March already and you can too. Joining Book of the Month is super easy, very affordable. Plus for a limited time, new members can get their first book for just $9.99 with code CHIRP. Visit bookofthemonth.com now to pick your next great read. That's bookofthemonth.com with promo code CHIRP, C-H-I-R-P, or click the link in our show description when you wake up in the morning and check your phone does it feel like this or like this because with shopify your morning can feel like this way more often Hello, and welcome back to another episode of Freelance to Founder. I'm Preston Lee with Milo.co, and we don't talk very often about Milo, but let me just tell you really quick, we have all sorts of articles, guides, social groups, all kinds of resources for freelancers and agency builders to help you really just stabilize your income and find freedom and fulfillment and flexibility in what you're doing as a freelancer. We'd love to have you join us. Just visit M-I-L-L-O dot C-O. And you'll find everything we're working on there. And with me on the air today is my friend, Clay Mosley from GetDripify.com. Hey, Clay. Hey, man. How's it going? Joining us on this call also today is our new friend, Virginia, uh, calling from Argentina. Virginia, welcome to the show.
1: Uh, thanks for having me.
0: Absolutely. It's hard for me. I was teasing uh, I was teasing Clay a bit, and, and we were talking before we hit record. It's hard for me to say Virginia because I lived in South America for a couple years, but... Um, Quite close to where you're at, relatively, and and so you know it's it's hard for me to call someone with the Latina name of Virginia, Virginia, uh, but we're going to do our best today, and and uh, and we just love getting like international callers. We love having callers from all over the world, and I think we have never had anyone from Argentina before. We were trying to remember, uh, so this is exciting. Again, welcome. Uh,
1: thanks. Uh, it's surprising that I'm the first Argentinian on this show because freelancing is huge in Argentina right now.
0: Yeah, you were telling us uh, it's it's really growing fast because the cost of living is so low and you can really make a, a decent living freelancing. Mm.
1: Yeah, even bad, better than on a full-time job like b- by a big stretch.
2: Yeah. Oh, wow. That's you awesome. should tell all your friends about this podcast. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> we should do a Spanish version, you know? Uh, <laughs> you might have to find a different host. I, I just know survival Spanish. That's it. Yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah. You'd run out of things to say pretty quickly, probably, but um it'd be it'd be entertaining uh, and probably insulting. But anyway, yeah, but anyway. Probably. Um I uh I what was I gonna say? I've completely lost lost track of where I'm headed here. <laughs> Uh, Virginia, why don't you start off by telling us a little bit about your business? Who are your clients and uh, and what are you working on these days?
1: Sure. Uh, my business uh, is called uh, Aquamarine Content. It's actually Aquamarine Content Marketing, but it's aquamarinecontent.com and it's kind of catching on. So we might drop the marketing there. Uh, we do content marketing, mostly content writing at the moment. I'm also an SEO enthusiast, so we'll probably expand in that direction. And we have an amazing social media manager who does beautiful things for, for Instagram and Pinterest. So uh, yeah, I'm, I'm copywriting. That's with, that that's what we I do. I love it.
0: I love it. This is this is right up our alley for me and Clay. We love this kind of stuff, content marketing, content generation, all that sort of stuff. So this will be a fun conversation. Tell us who some of your clients are. Like what kinds of clients do you like to work with? Um, you know, just who who are you really targeting in your business right now?
1: Yeah, uh, we uh, our uh, niche is spirituality and witchcraft. Uh, one of our clients is a small business called Spellcloth that sells, among other things, an ebook I wrote, but also a nice like set of candles with candle holders. Uh, all all of the members of my team are witches. Uh, we all practice to a certain extent. Uh, we know how to read tarot. I'm an astrologer, so uh, we specialize in that niche.
0: Well, I think it's safe to say that's definitely a niche we have not uh, experienced before on the show as well. So you're breaking all kinds of uh, barriers and records here on the show today. Why don't, you, um, why don't you give us an idea then of what your business currently looks like in terms of like revenue? I know you've, you've mentioned you have some team members. Are you, are you making, you're making a full-time living yourself and then are your team members full-time as well or, or what does your team look like?
1: Uh, yeah, uh, my social media manager, uh, gets paid monthly, but it's not a full-time living. It's more of a part-time thing. And then the content writers get paid for basically what they write. I told them there's a lot of work out there. If they want to earn a full-time living uh, over time, they can, I, I am earning much more than the, uh, than I would in a full-time job, even though I do have like a more mon- mundane, let's say part-time job. Uh, for like experience reasons and to learn. But uh yeah, I'm I'm a, in Argentina, five hundred dollars a month uh is a pretty good salary, like an upper middle class salary. I'm I'm making way more than that with uh with my business. And I also have a part a part-time job and yeah the writers it's get amazing. paid it's incredible the, yeah, the, the, the writers get paid by the word basically uh two of my writers are college students are they are prioritizing their studies. So they don't provide that much quantity, even though I really appreciate their quality. And one of my newest hires uh, may try to make a full-time living out of this.
0: I love it. Well, it sounds like you're well on your way. You know, uh, listeners of the show know that we, when we have someone come on the show, like you, you fill out a short questionnaire to tell us a little bit about your business and where you're headed and how we can help. Uh by the way, if you want to come on the show like uh, Virginia has today, we'd love to have you. We'd love to do a quick coaching call with you. You just have to visit freelance2founder freelance2founder.com and you just scroll to the bottom of the page and fill out a quick questionnaire and book a time on our calendar. And we'd love to chat about your business and some of the hurdles you're facing and help you overcome them. You know, we combine tons of our own experience in building various companies, uh, working with clients and building revenue. So we'd love to share what wisdom we can share with you <laughs> and just have a good time chatting. Uh Virginia, you filled out that questionnaire. And on the questionnaire, we ask on a scale of one to 10, where would you currently put your business? One being you're a freelancer, 10 being you're a founder. Uh, And you put that you're currently a five and that in six or 12 months, you'd like to be an eight. Could you maybe walk us through what an eight looks like in a perfect world to you?
1: Well, uh, I, I never planned First off, I never planned to become a, f- a founder. I didn't even like the idea of freelancing because I, I'm a Virgo. So I, I like to know what my revenue will be every, mm. every month. So uh, it gave me a lot of anxiety, but uh, I made an account <laughs> on Fiverr while, while applying for more traditional uh, jobs. And the, uh, when, I, when I made the gig for like, writing about witchcraft, it really, really took off. Uh, there seems to be like a lot of need for this type of work in the market on the market so yeah Uh, i love that what a great
0: example of like finding a really interesting niche uh and and just going all in yeah i love that
1: i i I thought no one will buy it but it it like exploded (laughs) (laughs) yeah that's
2: usually the way it works right (laughs) It's like, it's like uh, the things that you don't think are going to work, work, but the things that you think are going to work, don't work, right? It's like, yeah, exactly. welcome to business and entrepreneurship. <laughs>
1: exactly. Yeah. And I, I started to get nervous because uh, the the whole revenue depended on me. And I, I do have a chronic illness. And every time I was ill, I couldn't work. Some money wasn't coming in. I couldn't accept projects. Uh, I, I saw the reality of my country where there's a lot of unemployment or like, People paid very poorly for their skills, and I thought, "Oh, what a what a pity that I, I have such like an uh, like like an inflow of people who need my services, and I'm only one person." So then, the the idea of starting uh, hiring or working with other freelancers started, and we, we we're slowly becoming a business. If we haven't become one uh, by now.
0: I would say you're definitely a business and, uh, what a testament to, to these freelance job sites like Fiverr, you know, there's lots of them out there and sometimes they get a bad rap. And even on the show, we've, we've sort of discounted them sometimes. I think it just goes to show, especially in, in countries where maybe you can't get paid a decent wage for highly skilled work. Um, if you're really talented and you just can't bring in the money locally, you know, some of us are blessed to live in a place where you where there's plenty of cash flow locally, but a lot of people are not in that same situation. And so, I love that you can tap into something like Fiverr and access clients from all over the world. You're not just limited to your own local situation, which can fluctuate, but you can really just tap into anywhere globally.
1: Definitely, for sure. Uh, here in Argentina, the four dollars that you get after selling a service for five dollars is actually. I'm not gonna say a lot, but 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 it's like being paid, paid fairly for an hour, let's say. So it's not that bad, and it wasn't difficult at all to to start uh, selling services for very little money. Of course, we we started to change our prices. Uh, we, we do have the goal of like paying per word what a person in America or Canada would receive. So uh, hiring freelancers in the future w- w- will be easier because now that's the like challenge we have.
0: Yeah. Well, it sounds like you're definitely headed in the right direction. What kind of hurdles or complications can we help you with on the show today? What can we help you do to get to the next level?
1: Yeah, uh, like finding freelancers to work with is, is hard because I do need like a specific set of skills that people don't often like promote on LinkedIn. Uh, even to this day, I'm, I'm not on LinkedIn saying, uh, saying I'm an, an astrologer and a witch, for example. And that's what I need. I need astrologers. I need witches and I need people with certain knowledge of content marketing, uh, content writing, SEO, perfect English, that sort of thing. So it's like a specific set of skills that's not easy to find. And I also have my own ethical principles because the spiritual world is, is tricky. There are people out there who are telling people not to get vaccinated or promoting certain spiritual beliefs that make women want to stay in like abusive relationships. And I don't want to contribute to those narratives. I turn that those kind of jobs down and I want people who are aligned with that
0: I love all of that. I think we can we can definitely talk a lot about hiring the right freelancers, you know, I have built my entire team from freelancers, contractors. I know Clay has done full-time and now he's sort of made a pivot to working primarily with freelancers or contractors. I guess Clay, let's start with you. What what advice would you have for Virginia as she continues to try to find the right fit for her pretty unique niche here Um, you know how how can she go about finding the right freelancers for her business
2: yeah so this is um, I think this is a a lot more common this like the I guess a problem that you're you're running into is with hiring I think it's a lot more common than you think Um, there's tons of Mm. niches that are out there where people are having so much trouble just finding people because of the specialized knowledge. Um my recommendation here and I don't know how you're you're currently going about hiring these people but my recommendation is because it is such a specialized niche and knowledge like it's it's not to the general population, you know, is to find those people who who are in this niche whether they are a writer or not. And, and then ask those people, like I would recruit. uh, And these could be people that already have their own business. It could be a a person who already has another blog. Um, It could be uh, in the same, in the same industry. It could be somebody who owns a, uh, a retail shop that fits within this, this kind of realm it, it, they don't have to be writers. I would say find someone who has the knowledge first and then pitch the idea of, hey, do you want to write for me for, you know, like as a side gig um, for, you know, certain amount of money? Like that's that's what I would rec- – that's the approach that I would go with.
0: Yeah, I was actually going to say you you basically have two options. The first is what Clay said, where you go out and find people with the expertise, and you you try to train them and coach them how to write. Or, or I loved the idea that sort of crept up in the middle of Clay's advice, which was find a blogger in in your space, or find multiple bloggers in your space, and then and then they they at least have somewhat you know writing ability, but they are very much invested in the space as well. Um, And and they would, and plus like the extra, you know, offer them in addition to pay, offer them potentially like extra exposure for their blog. That's how I started developing a whole team of writers for my blog. And I know it's not exactly the same because you're writing for clients, but it is very similar. I I wasn't able to pay that a lot uh, or anything at all in the early days. And so I offered tons of exposure. They were allowed to have tons of links throughout the content to their own stuff. They were allowed to have a very in-depth bio that was very prominently featured on the site. And like... No, you shouldn't expect freelancers to work for free all the time, but sometimes that can be a win-win situation where where they're getting some exposure, you're paying them a, a moderate amount, but, but they also are doing it for you know to get some links back to their site or whatever the upside is for them. And so, yeah, I think finding some bloggers in your space could be a real win. The other option, though, I would say is like the total flip of that. You could actually find some writers who are great researchers. And as long as they're as long as they have a positive attitude about your topic, you could potentially hire a great writer researcher who could learn the intricacies of your industry and already have the writing chops to back it up. And I think either way actually could work. You could maybe experiment with both of those. But there are some writers who they're specifically writer researchers, like they they literally don't specialize in any topic, but they are amazing at researching any topic they're given and and then writing something really uh, high quality on that topic. And then obviously over time they'll get better and better too as they become more familiar with the topic. So I think there's maybe two paths you could take there. You find someone who's first a writer or you do like Clay said and you find someone who's first more in this sort of witchcraft spiritual space and who understands the niche and and then you just train on whatever is missing from whoever you hire. Does that Does that maybe sound like one of those paths could work for you?
1: Uh, I do like the idea of like hiring someone who does research and maybe makes the job of another writer easier. The thing about this is, for example, astrology and protection magic takes literal years to know well. it's not it's not something you can research on an afternoon. Maybe, sure. that Maybe that works for like other areas of witchcraft, like herbalism or crystals, but yeah, it can get tricky. And I, 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 uh, up to this point, I've been hiring people from Argentina, so they are writing in their second language. So it, it's hard to find like even decent writers in English. Uh, and I think we're paying like 12 cents of a dollar per word, which is not exploitative. But I think if we, if we were to hire someone from, say, the United States, Canada, England, they will find that too little. So yeah, the, those yeah. are some challenges.
0: Yeah, that's definitely interesting. And I, I think uh, if you were to hire from other places in the world, you might also be able to find clients that are willing to pay those higher prices as well. Like sometimes having a native English speaker means you can turn around a product faster or higher quality or with fewer edits. And so... Potentially, some clients are willing to pay more for that. You could also try to find clients uh, that need this content in Spanish, where a lot of your writer's first language, I presume, is Spanish. And so, uh, you know, I think there's flexibility and opportunity there to, to explore the market in different ways.
1: Right now, I'm working with a client who's uh, the two clients who are... They are the same client, but they, they are two people who are from Spain... But they will have to be from Spain because people from Latin America don't have the kind of money we need in U.S. dollars.
0: Have you ever noticed that many of the problems people call in with on this show can be solved by hiring someone? Sometimes you need a full-fledged team, other times maybe just a simple assistant or an expert in something you're not great at. Whatever your reason for hiring, we recommend you take a look at LinkedIn jobs. social media and the importance of marketing yourself online as you grow your business. That's because social has played a huge role in both of our businesses as we've grown them, but actually getting customers from your social accounts to your website and ultimately to make a purchase can sometimes be more difficult than it should be. If you need a simple solution, I recommend you try getting a .bio domain from Porkbun. That's .bio. You can put it in your LinkedIn bio. You can put it wherever you want to put it so that people can get directly to your website. We've partnered with Porkbun a lot over the years for two reasons. First of all, we trust them, and they offer better deals on domain names than anyone else that we know about. And right now, you can get a .bio domain name for less than $3 at Porkbun. So for less than a cup of coffee, you can get a short, memorable, and professional .bio domain name to share yourself with the world. Just visit porkbun.com freelance, or click the link in this episode's description. That's porkbu dot freelance, and you can get a .bio domain for three dollars right now,
2: yeah, I mean, that makes sense. I mean i I uh, that could be like an option that you you choose depending on the client. Um, I one thing I, I was gonna add is a person that you could add on to your team is a like an editor. so if if you go mm-hmm. the route of of finding someone who has all of this knowledge, um, but they're not necessarily like a, a professional writer. Then you could just have this have like a person who knows the knowledge write an article on a certain topic, and then the editor w- could like tweak it, revamp it a little bit, but the knowledge is already there. So the editor doesn't necessarily have to know the knowledge because the editor knows how to write. So it's kind of a common, you know, you know what I'm saying? It's like, it just kind of goes through the process of like, okay, let's get the knowledge down. Let's get it down on paper. Then let's put it through and through an editor who can, who can uh, refine the article and
0: then it goes to be published. I love that idea. Here's another idea that could work that this kind of reminded me of. Like, what if you just had an expert, someone who knows the material, which it sounds like is really the most difficult piece of this. And you could just have them record selfie videos explaining stuff. And then you could have a ghostwriter or a or or just a writer like who doesn't understand the subject material but who's really good at ghostwriting or writing from someone else's thoughts, um, craft an actual written piece of work from from that. Um, then you get oh yeah, you That's get quality good. writing and you get like quality thought leadership. Uh, and it it probably a little more expensive, obviously, but you know, to pay if you were willing to pay someone to make a half hour, or not even that, a ten minute selfie video, uh, you know that that could be a good investment for what whoever's writing the content.
1: I I love those ideas. I will definitely be hiring an editor soon because I'm the only editor so far for our team. Uh, my my newest hire does speak English as well as I do, or even better. So she might be a, another editor, but we definitely need like more more uh, edit, edit, uh, people who edit in English. And I I also love the idea of hiring someone who has the expertise to like make videos and then leaving it all up to the ghostwriters.
2: Yeah, I actually like the ghostwriter option. Um, I I don't know why I didn't think of that uh, because I do that with my business. um, (laughs) And I do that, I do that with, with my clients. Like, so like some of my clients that I I work with are they have specialized knowledge. Like they, they're either they're lawyers, right? They're either in the legal industry or maybe they're they're surgeons. Um, so like, I don't know anything about that. Uh, not enough, not well enough to write on it. Neither are my writers. They like that would take so much work to research that topic. And so what I actually do, and th- maybe you can work this in, is I actually have my clients um And in your case, it would be somebody who already just knows this knowledge. I actually have them record a video of them just talking about this stuff. And then I take that video and and it's not necessarily a video that you would use for marketing purposes. Um, It's just a really easy way to extract the knowledge out from these people. And then you could take that video and a writer could write an article based off the context uh, of, or the content of what's said in the video. So that, that's an option there. That's actually the process that I use for my own stuff as well as my clients. Like it's a lot easier for my clients to just re- record a video in 10 minutes um, versus like sitting down for like an hour or two hours to write an article. Mm-hmm. So there's, th- th- that's an option.
0: You could do just audio too. I mean, if, if we I mean, video tends to be easiest cause you just pull out your phone, open the camera and hit record for if, sure if yeah. for whatever reason like audio is easier you don't really need the video component of it it's really about the content uh, that you're delivering when you're recording it's really about just recording the the expertise and then having a quality writer take all, all yeah. the juicy expert stuff and and crafting a well-written article i think that could really be a win for you
1: yeah, we do actually have like a, a different culture regarding audio in Argentina because we do use the WhatsApp a lot and the audio ah. notes a lot instead of uh, like actually writing. Uh, that sounds like a good idea for for me to do myself because I haven't been uh, giving my uh, team like the the astrology uh, articles because they are not that familiar with astrology mm-hmm. and uh, astrology takes years to master. So I I could. Try, I could try experimenting with that myself, and I, I could even hire like local astrologers who know, who have no idea how to write in English, and they, they, we, we could make that work for sure. Oh, that's
0: such a great idea too with the language yeah. barrier because they can record the video or the audio in Spanish, and then your writers who speak both can listen to the expertise in Spanish and write it in English. I love that.
2: Yeah, I think the biggest takeaway here is to fig- is to figure out what the biggest hurdle is. Is it the knowledge or is it the writing? Um, because like, depending on which way it is, like, there's there's solutions that you can you can go at, like to, to do a little bit of a workaround. Uh, but I don't. It, to me, it sounds like it's it might be it's not It's knowledge. You can find writers all day long. There are writers everywhere. There's thousands of writers that can write uh, that that can write really well, but they don't know the knowledge. Like there's there's such a I think just relatively speaking, there's such a small uh, group of people that know this knowledge. So like the the I think that is your hurdle. So like let's figure out how to get past that hurdle. And and we've thrown out some ideas on on how to do a workaround with that. Because, like to me, the writing is not a hurdle. Like you can find yeah, writers. There's everywhere. always writers.
0: It's, it, it's the knowledge. Virginia, are we headed in the right direction here? What's resonating? What what answers do we still have? We left. I'm sorry. What questions have we left unanswered? Where should we head from here?
1: Uh, I do love the idea of like hiring an expert to do like an audio or a video or whatever, and then having like a ghost writer. Uh, be, because I, I can start doing that right now. I can talk to like an astrologer, local mm. astrologer, and they, they, they'll for sure be interested, especially if I pay them in dollars. Uh, and yeah, we can go from there for, for sure.
0: Yeah, I love it. So so what, uh, what other questions can we help you with? Any other hurdles we can help you with? I think we've maybe offered some uh some good options there it sounds like you're willing to try some and we're excited to hear how that goes. Is there anything else that a sort of hurdle you're facing as you scale your business that you think we could help you with today
1: uh I, as as time goes on i I made more and more aware of uh, how important it is to have like a harmonious relationship with my team and like be an, an effective leader and that that's uh, like a That's something that I never saw myself doing and I'm suddenly in this position and I want to do it well. I don't want to mess up. I I don't want to mess up my my work relationships with these amazing (laughs) qualified women and I want to be an effective leader when I can without becoming arrogant. So maybe that will be another hurdle.
0: Yeah, I'm sure Clay will. Clay has managed larger teams than I have so he'll have some great advice. I will just plug one quick book that I'm in the middle of and I am not a huge Dave Ramsey fan. Uh, I I don't you know dislike him necessarily, but I think some of his advice is a little outdated in terms of the financial advice that he gives. But I stumbled on this book called Entree Leadership, uh, which is like entrepreneurship and leadership sort of mashed together. And I'll tell you what, this book has been really, really fantastic. I I am. Um, I hear from my team that I'm a good leader. So like I feel confident that I can lead a team. But um, but man, there has just been like idea after idea after idea in this book of stuff that I could do to be a better leader and better take care of my team. So maybe I'd recommend that book to you. I'm listening to the audio book right now. Uh, I'll be sure to link up a couple options in the show notes for people and send it to you as well, Virginia. But great, great book to start with. And then I'm sure Clay has some amazing advice for managing teams
2: uh yeah so i i've I've made it so i are your let me just get a real cl- clarification are your uh team members are they remote
0: or are they local? That's an important question It's a good one
1: uh our newest hire is uh, local but uh that means that I can have like in- person meetings with her and I know her personally, but I don't think we'll be working together and the other ones are all located in Buenos Aires, which is the biggest city in Argentina, so they are remote.
2: Remote. Okay. So this is super relative to today's uh <laughs> today's status with, with COVID and everything. Cause it seems like uh like every like more and more businesses are are remote, um, especially in the freelance industry. Like freelance industry has been remote forever. Um, and uh so this is actually a really good topic because I think even after post COVID, I think that a lot of businesses are going to stay remote because they figured out Oh, we can actually operate as a business remotely without a whole bunch of real estate. Um, so I have managed uh, teams remotely, and I, I have some tips that I think might work. Um, one is if you're not already doing it, is to do weekly meetings. Um, I and I don't know how often you're having meetings, but like I know some companies they they don't do them that frequently. I, I wouldn't do daily because that can be a little too frequent, but like weekly is good. Um, just, just to kind of uh, just always like just getting a, I don't know, kind of a status report of everybody, you know, and just keep it, keep it. I, I have a rule. Like I, I keep my meetings to an hour, but like just do weekly meetings, kind of a check-in type thing. Um, and then also if, um, I'm not sure if you're using any kind of software, but like for the more day to day operations, like using something like Slack or or some sort of uh, software where you can c- communicate via like chat or or something like that. That's that's better for the day to day. And then that's just for that's just for keeping in touch and checking in for, from the business perspective. Now, as far as like keeping, um, keeping like. A little bit more rapport with your team, where it's not just all about work, um, and to try to keep it more fun, is uh, I would do I would do three different things. One is give praise when when it's when it when you have the opportunity mm-hmm. to, to give praise yep. because it's so hard to do um, a lot. It, it's way harder than people think because like people, a lot of people think, okay, this person actually did their job. Uh, Because that's what I pay them to do. So they think, well, that's just just where they need to be. But like if they actually did a good job, like give praise to them, um, whether it's just one-on-one or in front of, you know, your entire team on a Zoom. um, Either way, uh,
0: I I think think it's like so much more valuable in front of the team. There's a place for one-on-one, but like, man, people just love getting praised in front of their peers, right?
2: Yep. Yep. For sure. For sure. Um, to, to, to move that up a level in addition to praise, I think giving, giving your team personal gifts, um, and they don't have to be super expensive. It could be, it could be something like, uh, uh, a pair of movie tickets or something like that. Like, you know, it's just giving gifts whenever, just every so often, uh, for like just rewarding them for good work. I think that goes a long way. That's That's kind of a step up from just mm-hmm. praise. Um, and then the last thing I have is because it is more of a remote culture, it is so I think it's so important. If you can pull it off, if you can do it, to do a sort of company retreat once or twice a year, where where everybody comes together in one location and you're in person, interacting, having fun, um, and you can make it like a work slash fun retreat, and, and do it both. Um, but yeah, I think I think that's kind of a that's kind of the third level up is like okay, if you can afford it, if you can afford to do it, fly everybody into one location and like once a year and like get to know each other better because there's not nothing can beat in person interaction.
1: For sure, I do like uh, the idea of team-building. Uh, in witchcraft, we do have the culture of covens. And I do like the idea, for example, Sol is one of my content writers. She's a more experienced herbalist. And Andy, another content writer, is a more experienced tarot reader. I'm the most experienced in astrology. So uh, I think uh, sharing knowledge, which is what a coven does, among other things, apart from like uh, casting spells together, Will be great i don't want to like intrude like intruding their personal lives or like act like this is not a job or like that toxic narrative or we're a family or whatever so that that's why I, I didn't want to like start uh organizing these uh, like activities but i can definitely look to, look into it
2: i i would also oh, go ahead, go go ahead person <laughs> I, I i would say like i would actually say the opposite i i think i think the the if you do get involved in in their personal lives, like and when I say involved, I mean, just like genuinely interested. I'm not saying like interject in their personal lives. Like, but if you're genuinely are interested in their person, what's going on in their personal life, I think that is, that is a glue that continues to be sticky. Like that will, that will, uh, I think that will make them feel like you actually care about them. Not that you don't, but, I think they'll they'll feel that even more, and also I'm a big believer in the fact that if there are business problems, it's usually a personal problem. So, like if somebody is not performing at at uh, to the level that they're supposed to be performing, it's almost always because they have a problem personally that's that's being transferred into work. And so like, if you, and this is just my experience, like I swear 95% of the time, that's what it is. And so like, for example, uh, one of my employees, uh, was missing deadlines and I'm like, dude, what is going on? Why are you missing these deadlines? Instead of like, instead of like scolding at him, be like, uh, if you miss another deadline, you're fired. Um, I genuinely asked, I said, Hey, what's going on? Like, what, is there anything going on in your life? Like, can you just kind of tell me like you don't have to tell me if you don't want to, because it is a personal thing. But, you know, I'm here to help if if I can help you. And it's within my power. And that's where he kind of opened up. He's like, um, yeah, you know, like uh, me and my girlfriend are going through some stuff and things like that. And so I basically uh, what I did, you don't have to do this, but I paid for them to go out on a date. Like, I paid for a date. I paid for dinner. I paid for them to go to the movies or, or do whatever they want. Um, and because of that, that helped him personally. And then he started performing at work again. And so I think I think getting involved, just, just being genuinely interested in their
0: personal lives, um, I think that will help you. I agree. If, if you treat people like they're just cogs in a machine then they will just do the job like it's just a job and they're not part of a team or, or part of something bigger than themselves. But if you treat people like you would want to be treated, uh, you know, if you were working for someone, then you'll find that they they care about the work that they're doing. They care about being part of your team. They, you know, they do better work. Like I love, I love all this stuff Clay is saying about really connecting with them as a person. In this book I was telling you about, uh, he said he started doing this thing where each employee sends like a, a, a report every week of the highs and lows. And he thought when they first started it that the employees were just going to share like the work highs and lows, you know, but they started sharing like a lot of personal stuff too. Like, you know, I I went through a divorce this week or like whatever it might be um, and, and he said that kind of personal insight helped his team really bond because he could help address personal problems or he could sympathize or he could, you know, just little things, sending flowers when there's a funeral or like even just, you know, if your business financially isn't quite there yet, even just as a kind note uh, over email when something happens, you know, it's just about like showing that you care about the people that you work with. And they will in turn care about the work that they do with you. Uh, and and you just have to remember that people are are people, you know, and they're not just parts of a business machine. And, and so you need to treat them like people. And for me, if you can just remember that, like that pays off and guides all of your leadership decisions. You end up, you know, um, being open about your business with them. You end up potentially sharing profits. Uh, You end up paying them what they really deserve. You end up just being a a good boss who's not like rude and demanding and um, people end up liking you because of it. And there's just like so much that pays off if you can just treat people like you want to be treated and treat them like human beings because they are like that just filters down into so many pieces of leadership.
1: I think I've I've just been so afraid of being like too nosy or intruding too much in their personal and private lives. Uh, their spiritual lives are also uh, everyone's spiritual life is very personal and I don't want them to feel like I'm imposing my own beliefs on them.
0: Uh, so yeah. so that,
1: that that's been keeping me from like maybe having those sort of those sort of je- gestures even mm-hmm. though the social media media manager was my friend before we started and she still is. And I became close friends with one of the content writers and I maybe would have these kind of gestures to them as friends. But uh, yeah, I I definitely need to rethink like my relationship uh, with them as, uh, I don't want to call them employees, but yeah, members of the team.
0: Yeah.
2: Yeah. I think you have to be careful though about, um, when I say genuinely be interested, like uh, you gotta listen first, and like, not give unsolicited yeah. advice. <laughs> that's true. You know what I mean? Like, and that—that's just a general advice for anybody listening. You know what I mean? It's like, just you know, you could you could say you know, like, "Oh, hi, hey, how are things going on?" Or like, um, or just just ge- just ask general questions. Like, don't and then uh, don't give like any kind of advice unless they ask for it. Um, I, I think that's just. I th- I, th- I don't know. I think that's the general consensus, consensus of like what people want, uh, and some people just want just want you to listen.
0: Yeah, that's it. <laughs> you know. Yeah, and I think if you start with things that are happening in your life or things that are personal to you that you're willing to share, they'll open up as well, and you can just talk about them. Like I've talked about with my team, I've talked about religion, I've talked about. Um, parenting and family, relationships. Like we talk about all that stuff, but I haven't like preached to them or I haven't tried to change their minds on anything. We've just had great conversations about things that are important to us. And in my opinion, like the stuff that's most important to you should be the stuff that's easiest to talk about. I know it's not always that way, but if you can be more, uh, I guess, um, less less preachy and just more like Clay's saying, like listening and sharing stuff that's important to you, then your team I think will open up as well and you'll find that you're building friendships. I I feel like I'm friends with all the members of my team because yeah, we get lots of work done and we mostly talk about business 90% of the time. But that other 10% is really enjoyable when we talk about each other's families or religions or whatever it might be. So I, I think there's just that component of like, again, treating people like human beings.
1: Yeah, for, for sure. And and the piece of advice that Clay gave, uh, don't give unsolicited advice. It's a pretty common one, but I I, I think we all need daily daily reminders, especially when oh, it comes sure. to, to spirituality.
2: Yeah, mm-hmm. I'm the worst. I I would argue I'm the worst at it, especially with my wife. Like I, I've gotten to the point where if my wife is saying something, I I will literally say. Is this a moment where you're asking for my advice, or is this like uh-huh. one of those moments where I just need to listen? Like I will ask my wife
0: that. Oh, me too. That is like such a winning question in a marriage. It especially is. It I is in the marriage, right? The trying to fix things all the time.
2: I uh, yeah, yeah. Because like I genuinely don't know all, all the time, and I'm like, and I think to myself, is this a listening? uh opportunity or like should i give or should i try to fix this yeah and so i'm just like i'm just gonna ask her and she appreciates that too so anyways that's kind of off off the topic.
0: i mean i think it's similar though with your team members like sometimes they just sometimes they're not looking you know for your advice on spirituality and necessarily they just wanted to tell you like what they did over the weekend and it happened to involve yeah. something spiritual right so mm-hmm. yeah i think just listening and and um loving people for who they are and what they do and not trying to change people necessarily unless they ask for help in changing like there's just you you treat you treat people on your team like you would treat a good friend like mm-hmm. if they're in trouble yeah you can try to help them but uh, other than that like you don't you don't just Outright preach to them and try to change them, and I don't know. Anyway, we're going off on a tangent, Virginia. I think I think this has been a, I think this has been a fun conversation. Two things that we haven't talked about a lot, so I appreciate you bringing those up here in the last couple minutes. Is there any last minute questions we can answer for you?
1: Yeah, we are launching our first product really soon, and it's new territory for us. So if you have a few quick tips for that, it's a journal. That's kind of like meshed with a study guide on crystals.
2: So, quick tips on how to sell more.
1: Yeah, or or even sell at all <laughs> because yeah. we we've only been selling <laughs> like our writing so far. Uh, you'll, you'll, uh,
2: you'll, uh, you'll yeah, I a couple tips that I can give is one, hit up your current audience, mm-hmm. um, even and and when i say that i like you could do all the things you can post on social media you can send it out to your email list like but what i mean by by hitting your current audience is is sending individual messages to the people that you think are highly likely to buy and so i would first put together a little like target list of like who who in my audience that i know would would actually like this and would buy it, and then hit them up individually with either an individual email or or a Facebook message or a text message or whatever. Not don't do it in bulk. Just hit them up individually. Um, I I'd, I'd say that's that's a really good way uh, for for a product launch. And then um, the other idea I have is if you know any other people um, that are in your that would that have an influence over a group of people that would buy this i would try to strike up a conversation with the, with that person or people that they, they, they can help promote or maybe do some sort of affiliate kind of thing
1: thanks uh, the the key seems to be uh building like solid relationships with clients with potential like uh Uh, influencers and uh, most of all with the team because you can replace uh, I can replace SEMrush or whatever or WordPress but I I cannot replace a good team
0: yeah for sure very well said well Virginia I think it's it's been a pleasure for us hopefully this call has been helpful for you as well we appreciate you coming on the show
1: today Thank you so much. You've given me so much food, uh, food for thought, and I, I will definitely reflect on all of these. Thanks.
0: Well, great. Yeah, we'd love to catch up with you in a little while and see how everything goes. For sure. Great. Well, yeah, in the thanks meantime, for coming on. yeah. In the meantime, good luck and uh, and take care.
1: Thanks. You, you too.
2: Thanks for listening to this episode of Freelance to Founder, a collaboration between Milo, Dripify,
0: and the Pogglomerate. You can find links to my business, Milo, Clay's business, Dripify, and of course our podcasting partner, The Podglomerate, all in the description of this episode. Remember to call in for your own episode at freelancetofounder.com. A very special thank you to the members of The Milo and Podglomerate teams who work behind the scenes to make this production possible.
2: To stream past episodes, visit freelancetofounder.com or search Freelance to Founder wherever you get your podcasts. And that's it for now. Until next time,
0: see ya. We will see you guys on the next episode of Freelance 2 Calendar.